The following episode of Olympus Radio contains strong language for any listeners under 13. Listener discretion is advised. A half-blood of the eldest gods shall reach 16 against all odds and see the world in endless sleep. The hero soul and cursed blade shall reap. A single choice shall end his days. Olympus to preserve or raise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode, right after the last episode of Olympus Radio. My name is Haley, daughter of Aphrodite. And I'm fucking Lucas, <laughs> son of Hermes. I don't know why you don't let me do this every time. <laughs> no, it's okay. And it's right before the next episode, which is confusing because this is the next episode. So what are we even talking about at this point? So what's which episode after is this it? episode? It's the then... following <sighs> episode. Wow, nice transition word. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank that was you. Beautiful. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Olympus Radio. I am... Oh, shit. We did that already. Yeah, we did. Yeah. TikTok. Goddamn. <laughs> All right. TikTok got him hooked up. How, how are you today? How am I today? <sighs> I woke up and I had a mission, okay? And I, I knew about this mission last night because mm-hmm. it was very important to the mission that I had today. Okay. And when I woke up, I took my shower, and I got out of the shower, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Uh-huh. What the fuck was I leaving for? And I completely forgot for a whole hour what it was. What? I was actually leaving the house for. Why I took a shower, why I did, I'd put on makeup and shit like that. I forgot entirely. Is that the rebound, or that's the original? This is the original. No, 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 this is the rebound. That's the rebound. This is the original? No, this is... The rebound. That's, That's the, the rebound. rebound. This is the original. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why does the original look so good? Because it was amazing. Sorry, he noticed the, the cover to the books. Yeah, yeah. I, never I borrowed s- my sister's. But you know time. what? It's, it's kind of the same thing with the um, Heroes of Olympus series. Yeah. Um, I like the rebound, the more cartoon version one. Okay. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. my that's my series cover that I'm gonna get. I gotcha. How yeah. about you? How are you? Um, good, good. I've been literally, literally diving in the Pethra. No, so close. Oh, you were shit. right I there. I really thought you were like you le- like Pethra? the look- plethora. Pethra. There's no. an L right after the P. The magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> Of Godzilla. I've been watching the Godzilla marathon, like, from 1954 yeah. all the way up. Now, I just finished today at work <laughs> watching um, Godzilla vs. Matra. Funny. In in the original Japanese title, it's, it's called Jap- um, Godzilla and the Thing. Okay. They don't call it Matra. But you tend to realize when you're watching these movies dubbed, you realize, oh, wait, another reason why America sucks. Yeah. The subtitles does not go along with what they're saying. Not at all. And on top of that, like, if you guys are Godzilla fans, I know this is a Percy Jackson podcast, but if you <laughs> guys... Aside. This yeah. is the news. This is our time, okay? Yeah. If you guys are Godzilla um, fans out there, don't watch Godzilla King of Monsters because it's literally the first film with American scenes add-on. I was so mad halfway through 
the fucking movie. I'm like, why am I rewatch? Why does this feel so familiar? And I realized, like, oh, I'm rewatching 1954. Yes, but the difference is that they added an American actor, and they added add-on scenes to tie him in the movie. His point of view, basically, of what happened. Is that Steve, whatever his name is? Yes. But that wasn't... Because I watched 1954, and now that's who it was in that one. Yeah, that but version. you never saw him. You never saw him. It was all Japanese cast. Not once. The in the orig- original? In the original black and white. Oh, then that's 19- the only one I've ever seen. Yes. There's another one right after him in 1955 or 1956. I'm not sure. It's called... um No. 1956 is right after the sequel of the Japanese version, um, Godzilla Raids Again. Yeah. Um, it's called Godzilla King of Monsters. Don't watch that shit. It's literally the first fucking Japanese film with a- American scene add-ons. In my, in my list, in my list, um, I don't even have that as an option. It just goes straight from Raids Again to King because, Kong versus Godzilla. Because they know. Yeah. They know. So I follow your list because... Yeah. I'm watching all of them, and it wasn't until, I'm going to say 98, when that bullshit one came out. Nick Tadapopoulos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one came out that America really, like, started dipping their hands in Oh, it. I had already been in that. Like, I already had, like, nine Godzilla films in my, on my VHS. Way, by the way, Japanese dubbed um, Godzilla films doesn't mean that. America had a hand in it. It's just that, oh, let's make it comfortable for Americans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. And all of this because we saw the trailer drop for Godzilla, Godzilla versus, versus King Kong. Kong. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, it's such... First of all, now I know where that meme comes. Where No, that gift where, God, oh, where King Kong is stuffing that tree. Oh, and my God. I, I had a grand time watching that shit. All but... right. We digress back into the Percy Jackson Do you podcast. have any updates today? Do I have any updates? I don't have any news that I have found. Have you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. I say as if I don't know and I'm setting you up for a completely obvious way to show your... <laughs> not your TikTok videos you're about to open. Yeah. But your article that you have found. So in this article by... um On um winteristcoming.net... <laughs> The article, the okay? article title says, um, Rick Riordan updates fans about Percy Jackson and the Olympian show. This article was written by Dan... I don't know how to say his last name. Selkie? There we go. Selk? All right, so according to this article, like, Rick Riordan has finished writing the first... Like, the pilot of the show. He's... First of all, it's very exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. That... Not only the author, the author of the book is involved, but he's literally writing the show. I know. So, it's, like okay. I said before, there you should be know. no room for errors. And even if they add shit, I know it's because Rick Riordan wasn't what had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so apparently, in the article says that he, um, uh, I'm a quote. So I'm gonna read from the article real quick. Um, this is the person quoting Rick Riordan, by the way. Um, based, apparently, he said, um, we had a couple of important meetings this coming week with the top brass at the studio for Percy Jackson TV show. To keep your fingers crossed, everyone has read the pilot script, loved it, but there are a few additional tweaks that we need to make before we send it off to the next stop. The top execs, you know, aka executives, mm-hmm. at Disney Plus, 
So this it's normal. It's like the script is good. They're he's fixing good. on it, but that's it. He's just, just fixing on the tweaks. tweaks and he's sending it over. Oh, hell yes! It might not be much of an like an update to some people, but, but like, any news is good news because we haven't heard anything since the announcement of the show. So yeah, except for like what I what I was talking about last week when it came to the budget. Exactly. Or not last week. Yeah, exactly. That was another thing too that they they doubled the budget that what they had given for the entire Star Wars franchise because they need it. Okay. So in this article the the writer basically says like yeah, there should be no room for error. So that's what we look for. They haven't yet announced anything else like, about dates or release cuz everything's yeah. still up in the air. I'm guessing 2022. Who if we get there. If we get there. All right. Assuming we make it through 2021, which is not shaping up any better with new strains of coronavirus. Sorry, did I just, br- also, I just bring it down a little bit? No, not really, because with the new administration actually doing their job, and us, I know it's crazy, getting, like, press conference briefings now. And vaccines. Wow. Wow, what a... I said, I'm Coraline, and I stepped into the <laughs> other world. But it's literally Earth One. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's what we have today. That's what we have today. All right. Yeah. 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 I okay, got yeah. that TikTok with oh. the bananas. Like, so I'm guessing that we didn't make that smoothie. I, like you said you were. I've made a uh, <laughs> mistake in getting Lucas into TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was the only one that did not have that in my family. And everybody was like, you need to get, get TikTok. You need to get TikTok. But. Now we have it. So. And I can get none of my work done. You're welcome. So. Recap. So. Mm. Chapter 20. Demon. They surface up. They get rescued by, uh, what is it? The the Coast Guard, essentially. But they're not too worried about why there's three kids in the ocean. Because Los Angeles is on fire. It has been decimated by a recent earthquake that maybe Hades caused. No, he definitely caused it. They end up on shore. Percy makes sure he's, he wills himself to get wet. Mm. Never mind. <laughs> mm. It's literally reaching. It, reaching I, I'm not way. reaching that far. Mm. It's just down between. No. Um, um, okay. So they end up on shore and they come across none other than the God of War Ares himself. They trade, you know, some, some you know, comments back and forth saying that, uh, you know, Ares kind of admits to saying that Percy was supposed to die down in the underworld, which caused the the war that he's trying to really create. Because as we found out in the last chapter, all the dots start connecting towards Ares. Mm-hmm. Percy challenges Ares to a fight. They fight, 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 fight. The police show up in the middle of the fight. And they, I guess they announced to tell everybody to put their guns down. Because I guess because yeah. of the mist, they see people with guns. Ares <laughs> blows up a whole row of cars. And uh, Percy ends up getting the tactical advantage and using his powers to will back the force of the tide. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Rocket himself over, stab Ares in the heel, take out some golden ichor of the gods, and then... Essentially, right as Ares, who's super pissed, is about to, like, go in for the kill because he was just toying with him. He's a fucking god. Yeah, he's like, oh, now I'm, now I'm really going to yeah. kill you. There, this darkness kind of swept across the beach and swept across Ares, almost as if and Ares kind of tilts his head as if he's listening to something. And he backs down. 
and he tells Percy, oh, in the future, this isn't over. Like, next, whenever you raise your blade in battle, you're going to feel my curse. And then he pieces out. And after that, Percy gets the helm. He has the bolt. The fury comes down because they were circling over top and Percy hands the, the helm of darkness to the fury who tells Percy to be a proper hero and then fucks off. And then they decide that they have to <laughs> take a plane. After Mrs. Dodd almost killed him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, or in the bus incident, but whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, then they have they decide that, I mean, it is the day of the solstice. They have to get to New York and they are in Los Angeles. So Percy's like, I'm going to have to fly mm-hmm. and hope I don't die mm-hmm. while I cry. I'm done. And that's the recap for chapter 20. And now we're in chapter 21. I settle my tab because it's closing time. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is closing time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're gonna, it's time for us to dive in. Chapter 21, I settle my tab. Um, for those of you that have read this chapter, you know where we're at. And for those of you that haven't, welcome. Welcome. All right. So, like, to dive in, chapter 21, like, it starts off with, like, Percy basically saying, like, it's funny how humans, like, wrap their minds around things because of the mist and how they, their mind fits certain things to fit their version of reality. It kind of, it kind of remembered it, it kind of remembered something that Chiron told him about this type of stuff, but, you know, back then, he ignored his wisdom until basically now. And the reason why I say this because according to LA News, like the explosion in Santa Monica Pier has like sorry, not Santa Monica Pier, Santa Monica Beach. It's kind of the same shit. Um, was caused by a crazy ki- um, kidnapper. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That fired a shotgun at a police car. Apparently he accidentally like shot the main like gas main oh. and then that caused the explosion during the fucking earthquake. And this same crazy kidnapper, which we, you and I both know is fucking Ares, Ares, like was also the same guy who abducted Percy and his friends from New York and took him on a cross country. Like, what what the book describes to be said as a ten day Odyssey of terror. Oh Jesus! So, so for those of you that read Odyssey, you know that. Odysseus does not have a grand time. No. 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 He is gone for ten years though. Nice. Oh, shit. Nice comparison. <laughs> Alrighty then. You know, and you know, poor little Percy, in their eyes, finally is declared, like, cleared of all charges. He's like, oh, he's finally not an international criminal after all. You know, because they were, like, basically summing up these conclusions. Like, oh, so you must have had caused that commotion in the Greyhound because you were escaping your attacker in New Jersey. I love rationalization. Exactly. And then also applying that, there was, like, witnesses that claimed that saw his ass (laughs) on the bus now. And And then on top of that, this crazy... Like, this same man also caused the explosion in in fucking St. Louis Arc. And also... Oh, my God. They're just adding that in. Yeah. In Denver. Remember in Denver, the waitress that saw him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, she came forward with the picture that she made her friend take of, like, basically, she witnessed, like, Ares threatening these three abductees. My. How the turn 
tables. So she decided to notify the police. <laughs> so finally, Percy, you know, in their eyes, had had to apparently take a gun, steal a gun from his captors, you know, and get into this gunshot to rifle battle with fucking Ares. You know what I'm saying? And it was immediately interrupted by the time the police arrived, you know, causing the explosion, the five cars being exploded and all that shit. Ares, like, basically fleeing the scene. Yeah. And, you know, but Percy Jackson and his friends were were now in police custody. They're safely. free of their kidnapper. So this is, like, basically the reporter telling them the whole story. And then Percy and the gang, like, literally nodded and acted, like, all tearful and exhausted, which... I mean, it wasn't hard. They've been through a lot of bullshit together. Percy just fought a god. <laughs> and prior to that, he was about to his friend was about to get swallowed by the fucking Tartarus. Oh, it's true. But I digress. He took this chance, because I love his sassiness. Oh my god. He took this fucking chance to play a victimist child for the camera. So I'm gonna read from page um three hundred and thirty-five. <clears throat> and it says All I wanted, I said choking back my tears is to see my loving stepfather again every time I saw him on TV calling me a delinquent punk I knew somehow we will be okay (laughs) and I know he'll want to reward each and every person in this beautiful city of Los Angeles with a free major appliances from his store here's his number and I'm like wow (laughs) great because you know what it's what he deserves it's it's less than what he deserves. He deserves to get pooped in his mouth. That's even less than what he deserves. <laughs> That's fair. Like, he doesn't even deserve to be um, uh, Hades' underwear or his grundle holder. He deserves to be Hades' anal plug. <laughs> <laughs> ah! That is so nasty! <laughs> I fucking digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> So in hearing this magical speech and like basically the way Percy was acting, the both the police and reporters felt so fucking moved that they passed around the hat and literally raised enough money for Percy and to buy three tickets for Percy and Annabeth and Grover to catch the next the nearest plane back to New York. So what you're saying is they passed the plate around and total strangers moved to kindness by their story. Raised enough for them to book passage on a plane that was New York wow. bound. Wow. You know, we kind of had a little rehearsal last <laughs> yesterday, and you kind of blindsided me. I did. With that Hamilton shit, so <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do it again. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. 100%. Alrighty then. Because it just fits so perfectly. Like, literally, they pass a plate around, and yeah. total strangers yeah. who are moved <laughs> by their story to kindness. Wow. To New York. The threat that you hold. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, at that moment, like, all right, good. They got the plane tickets. But Percy knew at that point that, okay, we literally do not have no time left. Today is the day of the summer solstice. Yeah. We got to get to New York. He knew that there was no choice but to fly. He was kind of hoping that Suze would, like, you know back off a little bit, cut him some slack under the, you know, these specific circumstances. Yeah. And he was like, all right, let's go with this. But he still was basically practically shitting his pants as he was boarding the plane. Oh, yeah. He Like, in the book, it's described that like, he couldn't, he didn't unclench his hands from the armrest until they landed safely in LaGuardia Airport. I thought you were going to say his cheeks. It, that too. <laughs> like, apparently his cheek was grabbing his <laughs> underwear. So, like, 
like, girl, we're gonna be fun. <laughs> and like, basically, in the book, it's described that every every spot of turbulence was scarier than a freaking like one of those Greek monsters. Yeah. And you know, so but basically, they landed good. They landed safely and all that stuff. So the minute they landed, Percy saw the abundance of reporters and because their story is fresh. Yeah. So Annabeth took the initiative, put on her Yankee cap, and mixed into the crowd and basically yelled. Hey, I think they're by the fucking yogurt stand. So, like, come on. So, she basically, said, directed she said fucking the fucking yogurt. Yeah. yeah. Damn, Annabeth. All right. Yeah. So, basically, she like ushered them the other way. You know, joined the friends at the at the badge claim. Percy, at this point, basically had to make a decision. He's like, okay, we're gonna have to split up. All right. He basically told Annabeth and Grover, like, okay, so you go tell Chiron everything that happened. Go back to half, Camp Half Blood. All right. We'll meet up later. He, you know, they kind of protested, and he kind of didn't want them to leave because of after all the bullshit they've been through. Yeah. But he figured, like, if something does happen to me, if the gods don't, don't end up believing him, not me, Percy. Yeah. But if the gods don't end up believing Percy, then, you know, at least Annabeth and Grover will survive, and, they, and then now the whole camp and Kyra will know what happened. Yeah. Plus, he also felt like this part of the quest, he should do this alone. You know what I'm saying? So they both say peace, and and he catch he caught the next taxi straight into Manhattan. So thirty minutes later, he walked into the lobby of the Empire State Building. You know, he kind of looked grumly because he's literally been battling ever since he left. Yeah. You know, his shirt was ripped and all that bullcrap. No time for a shower. No, not a little, not a <laughs> little water. And you know, he hasn't even slept in twenty four hours. But he walked up to the garden stand. And he was like, "Um, six hundred floor, please." <laughs> But the guy literally was just like, you know, when you saw, you know, when you you reach, you see someone that's literally unimpressed or uninterested of what the hell you have to say. Yeah. And then I found this a little interesting because you told me yesterday, right, that yeah. Rick Riordan was a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because in this part of the section, I'm gonna read. He said he was reading a huge book with a picture of a wizard in front. I wasn't much, I wasn't much into fantasy, but the book must have been good because the guard took a while to look up. I'm like, wow. A little niche right there. And it took me it took me until now to realize that. I read this book like three times now. But <laughs> I digress. In terms of dialogue, the guy literally proceeds and tells him, like, sorry, no such floor, kid. It's like, what the hell? So Percy's like, uh, I need an audience with Zeus. Yeah. And that's when the guy was like, sorry, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you heard me. So, basically, the guy basically tells him, like, sorry, no audience, no appointment. Seuss doesn't take appointments like that. Like, mm-hmm. no audience, no appointment, no Seuss. Yeah. But Percy kind of persuades the guy. He's like, I beg to differ. I think that he'll make an exception. So, he, he's, he literally, like, unhinged his backpack, I yeah. guess, and unzipped it and showed the guard the bolt, the cylinder, um, the metal cylinder. Yeah. And for a second, he didn't know what the hell he was looking at, and then... It in the book is described like his face went pale he's like isn't isn't that I was like oh yes it is sir <laughs> yes it is so you want me to take it out he's like no 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 <laughs> and then like in the book you see him like this, like scrambling his desk gives Percy a key card and basically tells him basically tells him like insert this in the security slot make sure nobody's there on with the elevator with you alright like, alright and um, Percy did what he was told I'm trying to figure out whether or not Percy rolled nat 20 on on persuasion or intimidation? I feel like he rolled nat 20 since the fight of Ares. <laughs> I mean, really? Yes. Really? Yeah. He 
he rolled 20 on Deception. He rolled 20 on um, Survival. He rolled 20 <laughs> on a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, like I said, like, Percy did what he was told. He, as soon as the elevator door closed, he slipped in the key into the slot, and he, the car disappeared, and a new button appeared on the button slot of the elevator. There was a red one, too, and it says 600. So, he pressed it and waited. So, as he waited, the Muzak played. And it's funny because it literally played raindrops are falling on my head. And then after a while, after finally a thing, the door slid open and Percy stepped outside and almost had a heart attack. Oh. Because when he stepped outside, like, and it's described in the book, like he stepped into a narrow stone walkway in the middle of the air. But like below him was literally the city of Manhattan. And like, like the height was described as being the same height as a uh, um, the height of a plane would be flying. Oh, God. So that's how high they were. And also describing the book, in front of him was literally white marble steps that literally wound up the spine of a cloud that literally led up into the sky. He followed the stairways to the end, but, like, his brain couldn't process what the fuck was going on. So it's basically his brain and his eyes are like, no, no, girl, watch this again. He's like, <laughs> I am watching this. But it was... it. His eyes wasn't lying to him. It was really there. And then from, like, the steps, he saw that it just goes up, 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 up. And it rose into this decapitated peak of a mountain. And the summit, covered in snow, glinting on the mountainside, was a multi-thousand... <laughs> Not multi-thousand. It doesn't, like, it doesn't versus a multi-leveled, like, palaces and stuff like that. And, like, cities of mansions and all white columns of, like... Particles, glinted terrace, bronze brazers glowing with a thousand fires. This is not the third. Yes, that's right, folks. I am literally describing Mount of Olympus. And I will be describing it for the next couple pages, just bear with me. Yeah. You know. So, basically, in the book, it's describing his entire journey into Olympus. So, like, particularly this chapter, like, the road, like, in the book, it says the road literally went up to the peak where the largest palace gleamed against the snow. And he's he was walking through gardens with olive trees and, and rose bushes he made. He he literally could make out like markets of people of colorful tents, stoled amphitheaters built on one side of the of the mountains, hypodromes and coliseums on the other. So to Percy it was literally like ancient Greek, but Except it wasn't in ruins. It was literally clean. It was beautiful. Pristine. Very pristine and colorful, too. The way, apparently, in the books described as Athens might have looked like, like, basically 2,500 years ago. So, Percy literally was like, okay, though, this can't be real. Like, this place cannot exist like this. Like, how can a tip of a mountain be hanging over the city of New York? Like... Like an asteroid. Like, how can something this big be anchored to the Empire State Building in plain sight? A bunch of million people and no one noticed? I'm like, there's something called the mist. The mist. Thank you. You're welcome. But here it was, and here was Percy. It's like, oh no, this pinch me, bitch, I'm real. <laughs> so basically, his trip through the freaking Olympus was a daze because he passed to, like, literally, like, giggling wood nails, throwing olives at him. Like, he passed through, like, hawkers of market people, like, selling him, offering to sell him an ambrosia on a stick, a freaking, like, bronze shield, a 
glittered we weaved replica of the Golden Fleece. Yeah, he's not gonna need the replica soon. Oof. Spoiler. Damn. And he even saw Muse is literally tuning their instruments, getting ready for a concert in the, in their version of a garden park or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like he saw, and he also saw a bunch of good-looking teenagers that he might have, like he personally thought that they kind of looked like minor gods and goddesses. So, but no one literally like they all seem in such ah because no, like to Percy, no one worry about the impending civil war that was upon them, and. They looked like they were being festive and stuff. And every time Percy walked by a bunch of them, they just looked at him and muttered and whispered and shit. I'm like, okay. <sighs> so basically just continued. He walked through the main the main road and towards the big house of the peak. And then he also noticed something very, like, revel- like a, a revelation to him. Like, yeah. the pad, the big palace, the house, looked exactly like the same palace in the underworld, except for the one in Hades is black and bronze. Okay. Whereas the one in Olympus is white and silver. Like a photo negative, kind of. Yes. So then Percy realized that that Hades might, might have built this to, you know, to... Emulate Olympus. There we go. There we go. <laughs> because he kind of he kind of figured that, you know, everyone that knows Greek mythology knows that Hades in a lot of stories, most stories, is depicted as this evil guy. But it's also in all the stories that he's like, he's not that bad. He's really not that bad. No, compared to the other guys, I'd rather be an evil guy than a rapist. I mean. I mean. I mean. <laughs> okay, then. I digress. You said what you said. Oh, right. But am I wrong? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not a single inch. <laughs> Because he kind of figured, like, okay, this guy doesn't get accepted. He's never welcome until, like, it's either summer or winter solstice, I guess. So he's like, damn. But just the winter solstice. Yeah. yeah. And, like, basically, in Percy's thought, like, even though I had a bad experience with this guy, I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. But he digressed, you know, and, like, it basically will make anybody better if they were never invited to... Especially if you're a god. Yeah. You don't get allowed to to come into the steps of Olympus. All right, whatever. <laughs> but literally, like, literally more details of describing this beautiful palace. As he, as Percy walks through the steps, walks through the, the central courtyard, he passes through the throne room. And it's funny because the word room is literally, like, isn't the right word because, because the entire place, like, in the, in that, yeah, in the um in the throne room was was so big that made that it literally made Grand Central Station look like a broom closet. And you every and anybody that ever been to Grand Central Station, it's literally big. Okay, just the terminal, like the central area when you enter, it is huge. Damn, like it's literally a it literally is a main scene in a lot of movies that take place in New York. Okay, a lot of them. So, and I'm going to describe the room real quick. Like, it basically was, like, big, with massive columns that rose rose to the dome ceiling, which was glinted in moving constellations. So, like, a Harry Potter effect. pretty. Yeah, yeah. So, there was 12 thrones built for beings the size of Harry's. Hades. Um, (laughs) They were were literally arranged in an inverted U, like the camps at... And like the cabin, oh, like and, the yeah, yeah, in um, Camp Half Blood. Okay. And at the center of it was this enormous fire pit glinting at the hearth pit. Yeah, yeah. It took me a hot minute to re- memorize that word. Hearth. hearth? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
The throne was empty except for two seats. Two seats were occupied. Mm-hmm. One, the head throne was on the right, and one dude was sitting on the on the uh, on the immediate left. Okay. You know, yeah. I'm not saying like not right not like right not next to them, but yeah. like the other seat over. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, Percy kind of like. Okay, I don't need to be told who the hell these two guys are. He could tell by the like the the radiance of power. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh god. Okay, so this is happening. And then basically the way that with the book in the book they're described is like these two gods were literally chilling, lounging on the chair, acting or perceiving as they were waiting for Percy to approach them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Percy did. <clears throat> And it was weird because he didn't look at them head on, and they were literally in full god form, like giant size. Yeah. And Percy was even afraid to look up because he felt that tingly sensation, like his body was about to burn. So he's like, let me just kneel, you know. It was Zeus, the lord of the gods. Oh. And... He is described as wearing a dark blue pinstripe suit. He sat in the throne of solid platinum. I know. Snazzy. He he had a well-trimmed beard, marble gray and black. He looked good. Like, you know, his his beard was described as a storm cloud, you know, that mixture of colors. And his face was proud and handsome and grim. And his eyes were rainy gray. Now, before I continue into the next page, now it's time for the mythology breakdown of fucking Zeus. Fuck. And that is an apt way to introduce Zeus. Fucking Zeus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Please. Absolutely. And if you ever get the opportunity, don't. (laughs) Yeah, for real, because there's no way you're going to exclaim or try to protest for this guy. Uh Uh-uh. Because (laughs) that's right, folks. We are talking about the daddies of all daddies. The number one shittiest father <laughs> ever. The literal cost of everybody's demise. I'm waiting for a lightning the bolt to hit The king of the us. skies, Zeus. Now, if you know anything about Greek mythologies, you know that Zeus is a central figure in a lot of the stories in Greek mythologies. He is literally the son of Kronos and, Ga- and Rhea. He's brother to Poseidon, Hades, Hera, Demeter, and Hestia. And he's fathered... Now, bear with me, because depending <laughs> on the sources, he has 26 kids. But in some other sources, he has 36 plus kids. Yo. He has, and in some sources, he has six wives. And in other sources, he has 13 plus wives. The amount of child support. <laughs> okay. So, I'm just going to focus on the most popular stories of Seuss, and, you know, in terms of his relatives, his kids, and all that stuff. Yeah. But in popular stories... Like for example, like in the in the website I, I love to go to GreekMythology.com, um, in in most popular stories, his kids are <clears throat> Athena, Apollo, Hermes, Dionysus, Hercules, Helen of Troy, the Muses, yeah, um, he, um, Hephaestus, Phoebes, Ares, and um, Perseus. Perseus, yeah. Perseus. These are the most popular children that you know in Greek mythology. But he also, in some stories, gave birth to the nymphs. He gave birth to, um, ooh, what is that one called? 
Oh, Iris, the goddess of chaos. Apparently, in some stories, that's his child. Iris is the goddess of rainbow. Eros? No. E-R-I-S. Eris. Eris. Sorry. Sorry. It was my bad. No, no. It's okay. I was like, wait. Iris is the goddess of chaos? And in certain... And in other stories, you know, despite of the popular stories, even Aphrodite is his his child. Okay. Yeah. Which I found that weird because in in most popular stories, the ones that you and I know, and from um, Vanessa Richards' podcast... Yeah. Aphrodite is born of the testicles or blood of Kronos. Yeah. So coming out of sea. Oh no, not Kronos. Um. Uh, Uranus. Uranus. Sorry. So that's that's basically it. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And that's all his children so far. And the, you know, this despite of this, despite of the the, the the many different corners, because as you know, Greek mythology comes from oral traditions. There's a wide variety of the same stories. So. Zeus is not famous just for his adventures. Zeus is widely famous for his sex escapades. His sex escapades. And his involvement in other people's demise. The way I say it is because it doesn't end pretty for the person involved. Never. He's never the main character unless he's unless you're talking about, you know, the major stories. Yeah. But, I mean, you've heard the story of Io. I've told it. So. Mm-hmm. And, or the story of Echo, which is literally my favorite one. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start with that one. Like, the story of Echo is literally... <laughs> Starts with Echo and her sisters. There were a bunch of like tree tree nymphs, wood nymphs, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They were messing around with, like, with um Zeus in this opening in the garden, whatever, mm. messing around with him. And Echo was always perceived as a like a, a back talker, and she was the only nymph that literally went up to um Zeus, according to Vanessa Vanessa Richardson's podcast. She was the only one who was like, "Hey, Zeus." Would Hera be mad if she found this here? And then, like, Zeus basically like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. Why don't you go check since you want to be talking shit? Yeah. So she basically cursed it. I was like, fuck, my op- my big mouth. And she actually went out to go check. Yeah. While Zeus was having a lot of grand time with his sisters. With her sisters. Yeah. And guess who appeared right in front of her? Was it Demeter? No. Was it Artemis? Mm-mm. Was it Hera? This bitch appeared in like a flash, oh, and she was like, fuck. and she literally went up to her like, "Have you seen my husband?" And she's like, "Oh Lord, um, <laughs> oh Lord, Hera, how are you?" <laughs> and she basically trying to like clean her act up, and yeah. Hera already knew she smelled bullshit, oh, and yeah. she was basically like, "Tell me where the hell my husband is right now. Lead me to him." So she led him, but at the time, thank, because. You know, Zeus ain't shit. Yeah. He literally finishes shit and bounced. So, by that time, Echo literally saved her ass because Hera couldn't find any. But she saw, Hera saw remnants that Zeus had been there. So she was like, where's my husband? Was there a mess on the floor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was footprints, like grass, like embedded grass. Like someone has been laying there. So Stuff that looks like glue? Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) It took me a hot minute. Okay. <laughs> he almost passed from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it was funny because um <laughs> the reason this story is funny, like she didn't even got she didn't even get to mess around with Suze and <laughs> the reason she got cursed is because every time Hera would say something to her, Echo will always have the last word. And she was like, Why are you talking back to me? He's like, I'm not talking back to you. I'm just answering your questions. Like, stop talking back to me. He's like, Okay. I was like, Oh, so you want to have the last word. Like, I didn't know I had the last word. Like, okay, so, so you want to have the last word and you want to be a smart ass. I curse you to repeat 
the last two words of everybody's sentences and only repeat that. You will never know anything else. So she cursed her and bounced. And ever since then, Echo was literally, like, for example, talk to me. I curse you, Lucas. You, Lucas? What she will you- repeat the last two words. And yeah. basically the the end of that story is that no one could figure out what happened and her sister found out her sisters find out that Hera cursed her, but they couldn't really help her. So she literally like ventured into Earth and for decades and literally just settled into a cave until her essence died. Until she died but her essence stayed. Yeah. And that's why you could hear echoes in caves now. And that's why your your words are repeated back to you. But these are the top ten stories that Seuss is literally a part of. Yeah. It's Seuss and literally the Titanomachy. Yeah. Where Seuss because of his mother Rhea got the opportunity to got to get revenge for his siblings Being after eaten. after after Colonel swallowed them due to a prophecy that his father Uranus literally bestowed on him. Yeah. It was like telling him like, Hey, your kids are gonna do the same shit that you did to me. <laughs> so he came back, married his first wife Metis, which we're gonna get back to her in a minute, and Raised hell. And with his other brothers, the Hikatonkiruses and the Psychopes, they all reigned hell with the Titans and got into a 10-year-long battle, and they won. Splitting the world into three parts, basically Zeus becoming the king of the, guy, the, the skies, Poseidon controlling the seas, and Hades... The underworld. The sh- yeah. That's just that. And then, following that, came the Giantomachy, the second major story that Zeus is a part of, where... After the events of the Titanomachy and Seuss locking up literally the plethora of Titans. Did I say that right? Plethora. You're, you're right there every time. Yeah. Um, pissed off Gaia. So Gaia raised her other children from the depths of hell and, and started another fucking war. The Giantomachy. Yeah. And that was it. That They won. They yet again won. And then comes another popular story. The Birth of Athena. Where... He got so tired of Metis, his first wife, because if you know that Hera is not his first wife. Yeah. It was Metis. Now, I'm going to read this for a little bit. Hera, Metis, the goddess of wisdom, was the first wife of Zeus. But in order to marry Helen, Zeus wanted to get rid of her. So he eventually tricked Metis and turned her into a fucking fly and ate her. However, <laughs> he turned Metis at the time was pregnant. Was pregnant. Yeah. And eventually, the child grew within Zeus. So, basically, he told his other kid, like, Hephaestus, like, Hey, I have a pounding headache. What the fuck is going on? Please grab that axe and split my head open. (laughs) I want to see what the fuck is going on. And out of his head came this powerful female. In full battle armor. Mm -hmm. It's like, Daddy, I'm here. (laughs) And literally, Athena's one of his favorite children. I don't... I don't blame him. Yeah. And then comes another story. Zeus and Hera. Oh, Jesus. Hera is one of his sisters, and literally, if not in some stories, or almost all, the wife of Zeus. Yeah. She's the the wife of Zeus, but in this particular story on GreekMythology.com, it says, this is how he cuffed her. Zeus, um, Hera, one of the one of the sisters of Zeus, Seuss fell in love with her, but she refused his, she refused his advances. Seuss knew that Hera had great love for animals and all the beings, so he transformed himself into a, 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 a cuckoo. 
cuckoo. A cuckoo bird. Flew into her window and pretended to be in distress due to the cold. Hera felt pity for the bird, took the bird inside, and held it into her breast for warmth. And thus, Zeus transforms like, surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> it's me! And basically raped her. He raped his own sister. In this version of the story. She felt so ashamed of being exploited that she agreed to marry him. In most accounts, she gave Zeus children like um, Ares, the god of war. I don't know who the hell this one is. Aletheia? Mm-hmm. Which is, in some accounts, in stories, um, it's the the goddess of childbirth, Phoebe. Hebes, the goddess of internal youth, and Hephaestus, the god of fire. Like, there's other stories of Hera's rebellion against Zeus where... Oh, one of other Zeus and another son of Zeus is Hercules as well because that plays a part in You do like, mention Hercules. Did I? Yeah, earlier. Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. And another fourth story, like um, Hera's Rebellion Against Zeus, where like every time Zeus... I talk about that too. You do? Yeah. Every time Zeus cheats on her, she takes it out, not on Zeus, but either on the wife, on the person that he cheated with, or the sons, like she did with... Yeah, or the child, yeah, or, with Hercules. Oh my god, when she made Hercules kill his entire family, oh. that was a lot. <clears throat> And also, you actually get to see a glimpse because I'm referencing also from the Netflix show, Blood of Zeus. It's oh, yeah. literally the plot to the show. He cheated on her one too many times to the point that she literally started a second giant Tamaki because of his dis- indiscretion. Yeah, in the show, so, yeah. You are a bastard. Even Poseidon told him because Zeus is like, anyone that sides with Hera is must be mad. And then literally Poseidon clapped back and told Zeus, like, and anyone that pisses off Hera is even dumber. Yeah. You're his you're her fucking husband, yeah. you dumb bitch. <laughs> you know, but it's just it's so many stories of so Zeus. But he's always his symbolism is the strength, power. And after Rome took over Greece, um and the and the Roman pantheon started, his Rome his his Roman aspect turned into Jupiter. Sailor Jupiter. Sailor Venus. Okay. <laughs> um and also in Norse mythology, he is Thor. Okay. In some accounts. In some accounts not. But Norse mythology takes a lot of reference from the Mo- Roman aspects of the gods because ancient Greece is extremely old. Yeah. But strangely enough, a lot of the Greek artifacts and art paintings survived during the the crusade of the Christianity thing. Okay. So, but yes, I digress. Basically, that's Zeus. His Zeus raped Persephone. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No, raped Demeter, another sister wife. That's one of his other wives. Raped Demeter, had Persephone. He raped another female where he tricked himself to be a bull. What is her fucking name? He tricked himself to be a bull... Until she literally got on his back and literally rolled. It's like, oh, yeah, baby. They named a sea after her, didn't they? I think so. But he pretended to be a bull and take her. he take her. Oh, Europe, Europa. Europa, that's there what it we is. Go. Yeah. He, oh, but, you know, that's the one thing about Zeus, though. He don't, this, gender is not a thing for him. He raped women and men. Because he raped another boy where... He disguised himself as a fucking bird and was in awe to see this boy. You know, he fell in love with him. So he transformed himself into a fucking eagle and abducted the boy and and took him to Mount Ida. 
and transported the boy to fucking Olympus, where now the boy is literally, you know, made, you know, has sex with him or rape him. Yeah. And, you know, made him a cupbearer. Now. Yeah, and he's immortal. He's the immortal cupbearer of Zeus exactly. for all eternity. And his little, essentially a concubine. And there's another famous story. This is story number nine. Is the the Prometheus, the Prometheus story. Oh, yeah. Where he was so pissed off of human race that he took away fire. He's like, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of y'all. Pro- Prometheus felt like, oh, shit, no, that's fucked up. Yeah. So he took the internal fire and gave it back to the humans. I can't wait to do Zeus that. saw that as a, such a slap in the face that he literally punished the shit out of Prometheus and put him in some type of purgatory type shit. Yeah. Where birds literally come out of nowhere and pluck... Yeah, pluck his liver. Pluck... Pluck fucking Prometheus' liver out of his fucking, like, body every fucking day and the liver reincarnates into his body just to be taken out another okay. day. Yeah. yeah. That's just... That, that's it. That's just ten major fucking stories. Ten major fucking stories. And he also is a part of the whole, like, responsibility of Medusa, too, because he actually... That's one of the tasks that he like he bestows on his son Perseus. Yeah. To in order to complete his task. Well, Perseus kind of walked himself into that one. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. That one is questionable, but in a lot of the stories, Zeus is depicted as this guy that just comes in with such an entitlement, raped a lot of his sister wives, and raped a lot of people, and because of his indiscretion, because of him fucking up. A lot of people became victims. Like Io, like you said. Yep. She had to be turned into a fucking cow. Yeah. And For stuck a by while. A, and stuck by a bee while she was being watched by this hundred-eyed guard that Hera loved. hmm And that's basically... Like, I'm not diving in a lot into Zeus because... There's so much. There's Plus, so fucking much. We're about to have another mythology breakdown. Oh, please. I digress. Yeah. What is the next mythology breakdown? Do you want to introduce him? Yes. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I digress because it's now time for... Back to the chapter. Jesus Christ. By the gods. So, going back into the chapter, as per- as Percy got near him, like, the air crinkled and it smelled like the ozone. I don't know how ozone smells like. I Pollution? No, it's like pure oxygen type thing. Like, you smell after, like, an explosion or, like, a... Say no bomb. fucking more. Yeah. So, so as, as he approached these two gods, the god next to Zeus was obviously his brother no doubt you know but this guy was dressed different he was really casual like he he looked comfortable um and he's described as as percy percy describes this guy as being a he kind of looked or resembled a beachcomber from key west he's he's described as wearing um leather sandals khaki bermuda shorts a tommy bahama shirt with coconuts and parrots all over it his skin was deeply tanned his hand was scarred scarred oh scarred like an old-time fish like old-time fisherman's his hair was black just like percy's his, his face had the same broad brooding look mm-hmm. there we go brooding look that that always had her always had given percy the rebellious title he had the same facial expression that Percy had. That was like, oh, you're a rebellious yeah. bitch. And his eyes was sea green like Percy's. And literally was surrounded by the sun wrinkles, crinkles that told Percy, like, whoa, this guy literally smiles too much. His throne was described as also have being, like, deep sea, fisherman chair, and, you know, black leather seats, building harness for a fishing boat. But instead of the pole, the harness held a bronze 
trident <laughs> flickering with green light from the tips. The gods wasn't moving or speaking, but there was tension in the air. And as they like, as, like they would just finish arguing. Okay. And then as they like, as he approached the fisher, the fisherman, he, Percy literally kneed on one fucking he kneed. Yeah. <laughs> to the guy's feet, and it was like, "Father." Percy didn't dare look up. His heart was racing. He already knew who it was. He already knew who it was. What I doubt, like he thought they were gonna blast him. So Seuss literally interjects, like, "Oh, sir, you're not gonna say hi to me first. The how the head of the house." Yeah. And that's when literally Poseidon steps in. It's like, brother, peace. Peace. Alright? And introducing Poseidon. Poseidon, bro Sidon, as And he now we is. get step into another mythology, mythology breakdown. breakdown. Oh. I don't <sighs> This is gonna be a grand mythology breakdown. Oh yeah, this is a lot. Okay, so Poseidon is also the son of Ran Kronos, brother to Zeus and Hades. He's known to be the lord of the seas and also the cause of earthquakes and the creator of the horse. Now, in the division of the the universe and stuff like that, essentially Zeus did get everything from like five inches above the ground up and then like Poseidon essentially got everything in between that five inches and the underworld. So, like, he is known as the Earth Shaker, and he can cause earthquakes. So, like, his dominion is still kind of the land. Okay. Yeah. He So, he could go on foot. Yes. And yes. it's basically the ocean. Anunsi, yeah. So, second-born son after Hades. And this is another another one of those um, repeating themes, because it was Kronos who was the youngest who uh, rebelled against his father, and then Zeus who was the youngest who rebelled against, against his father. father. Um, and in mythology, he said to look... Good thing you pointed out, because I totally forgot to bring that up during the Seuss thing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, He, in mythology, he's said to look quite like Zeus. And in actually some stories, he's indistinguishable indistinguishable from the Lord of the Skies. Some of them actually put them together as one one figure. Actually, if you look, like, in in art history, they have pictures of, like, many pictures of the gods. Yeah. Poseidon and Zeus look alike. Yeah. The differentiary in the beard. And that's the thing. They for like some of them are like, yeah, he's just the one person. And he's that one brother that Zeus kinda is like intimidated by certain and certain occasions, depending yeah. on the stories. But I digress, sorry, go ahead. It's okay. He was portrayed as a distinguished man with the dense beard and curly hair, and the book says he looks like a beachcomber from Key West with, you know, the tan skin, black hair and brooding expression and the sea green eyes that Percy has. Mm-hmm. His symbol, of course the trident mm-hmm. which was forged by the cyclopes and the hecatonchiris and he's married to amphitrite even though true to fashion he did have a lot of mistresses and affairs just like zeus because i mean they're, they're the gods yeah at one point you know we all this we all know the story from the book Poseidon athena competed for the patronage of athens the two promised to give a gift, and the Athenian king would choose which one was more valuable to the city, and the loser of the competition promised not to throw a hissy fit and, you know, destroy the city if they lost. Because, you know, gods are very petty, and, you know, they'll do that just because... I mean, look at the Trojan War. Um, Seriously, because of a freaking beauty contest. So, there's two versions, of course. Percy Jackson's Greek god says that Poseidon goes first, and this is where it creates... And Percy Jackson's Greek Gods actually says this is where he creates horses, but I thought that was later. Okay. Because most of the stories that I hear, this is where he slams his trident into a rock and creates a saltwater spring as his gift to the Athenians. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but all the stories say that this is where Athena places her hand on the earth and creates the first olive tree. And that would pretty much create food, wood, and oil, which mm. oil back in the day had so many different uses for baths, for perfumes, and so on and so forth, and lit lighting fucking torches and shit like that. So the Athenian, of course, chose Athena and Poseidon, being a hot-tempered, he was always known to be very hot-tempered, just like the sea, got angry and flooded the lower part of Athens anyway, even though he promised not to. I guess they didn't make him swear on the river Styx. Um, because, and he was flooding the city out before Zeus calmed him down and convinced the Athenians, essentially, like, listen, just give him a little consolation prize temple. Just fucking. And so Athena's temple is, like, the prominent one, but, like, lower down is a temple to Poseidon. I would like to see these gods taking a good, good therapy session, like, family's therapy. Oh, I do not envy the therapist that has to do that. Like, you better be immortal to be that kind of therapist. Because you were not surviving Getting that. Getting sapped at any moment. Oh, my God. So we also already talked, a lot of these stories, like, we've covered. We talked about Minos and his wife, Pasiphae, where Minos angered Poseidon. Poseidon set in motion the overwhelming bestial lust for a bull onto Pasiphae, who essentially created the Minotaur, gave birth to the Minotaur. We know about Poseidon's rape of Medusa in Athena's temple that ultimately created a quest for Perseus, son of Zeus, to complete and kill the victim of a horrible crime. <sighs> and I will never get over. Like, I, I... You know, it wasn't until my late teens that I found that out. That, yeah. you know, you know, as some people grow up, like, before, before now, I always thought that Medusa was the, like, despite being the most popular, like, Gorgon-type, like, monster mm. in Greek mythology, I thought she was always evil. Yeah. But because it, uh, all that is, is victim blaming. Like, yeah. that's literally the way the story is created is to be victim blaming, to blame a woman for being raped, which is essentially what they always did back in the day anyway. Yeah. People who are in American schools, educate yourself because they're not doing it for you. No. Um, but there's also a story where Poseidon got so pissed off about Zeus. And this is what I was talking about and what you were kind of touching on. About Zeus being so pompous and full of himself as a ruler that he either... Conv There's, like, two different versions. Like, he either convinced Hera, Apollo, and Athena, or Hera convinced him, Apollo, and Athena to overthrow Zeus. They're like, we're fucking done with you. You're such a piece of shit ruler. Yeah, there's a story where um, Zeus was just not taking care of the ropes and plus I was like, oh, you need to be in timeout. Yeah, so essentially what ended up happening is Hera's like, okay... I'll let you guys know. Just wait outside our room. When he goes to sleep, I'm going to feed him real good. I'm going to wind him up. He's going to go right to fucking sleep. When he's asleep, we're going to tie him the fuck up. And we're going to keep him hostage. So they decided that they would, like, they're like, okay. And once that's done, we can all rule the world as a democracy. We can all have a vote. We can all do what we need to do and get shit done. So they waited for Zeus to fall asleep and tied him up in unbreakable rope and essentially left him to his own devices. Like, he was screaming and threatening and, like, thrashing and stuff like that. Nothing doing. They're like, fuck this. And they're going out. But they didn't do much better on their own. Because was that rope um, Yeah. But eventually, a sea nymph named Thetis came along and heard Zeus freaking the hell out. And Zeus is like, let me the hell out. And she's like, 
oh, but I'm a sea nymph, and Poseidon's like, my 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 daddy. Like, I I I don't know if this. Is, I'll let you out if you promise not to throw them into Tartarus. And he's like, fine. So she tries, can't do it. She's just a sea nymph. This is unbreakable rope. So she's like, fuck. Hold on. I know who to go. Like, Hold on. I gotta. I, I gotta contact. I know a guy, and she goes and gets. Bri- she goes and gets Briares, the Hecatonchiris, and the hundred-handed one ends up with his dexterous hands being able to release the ropes mm-hmm. and releases Zeus. And dear God, does he lay the fucking smackdown on their candy asses? Um, because, oh yeah, he 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 gets into a civil war with them. Yeah, so because of this plot, Poseidon and Apollo were stripped of their immortality. Um, and I'll get to that. I'll, get, I'll circle back around to that. But Hera, for her part in the plot, was tied up and hung out over the chasm of Tartarus. And every day, as punishment, Zeus would essentially visit her and be like. I'm this fucking close to hitting that rope and letting you fall. This fucking close. And he, he would, like, threaten her literally every day as she's hanging over Tartarus to just let her drop in. And then uh, Athena got off scot-free. That's his favorite daughter. Yeah. She got no punishment She's like punishment the youngest whatsoever. out of a, 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 a trio of children. Yeah. The youngest child gets away with everything. <laughs> so Poseidon and Apollo ended up having to work... Uh, as laborers for the king of Troy, um, uh, named Laomedon, and Apollo ended up becoming a shepherd for Laomedon, and um, Poseidon was tasked to build essentially impenetrable walls around the city, um, and Laomedon was essentially like, "You do this, and I'll pay you. Don't worry about it." And then you know you're fucking scot free, whatever. So Poseidon's like, "This is gonna take fucking forever," and he's like, "Get it done. This is your task." He's like fucking fine so he ends up he does still have like strength and stuff like that so he does end up being able to build the, he just don't have the, the wall yeah he doesn't he have the immortality the strength of a super soldier so what ends up happening is years later years later Liam <laughs> what because your facial expression after I said that you were just like I'm just gonna continue <laughs> <laughs> just like... years later when Poseidon's done with the walls Liam Medan is like oh you're still here? Oh, fuck. All right, you're good. You can go. Poseidon's like, what about my payment? And he's like, you're, you're getting your immortality back. Isn't that payment enough? And literally refused to pay Poseidon for his work. So, after Poseidon... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so... Oh, man. Poseidon was so fucking pissed, he ended up taking the side of the Greeks during the Trojan War. Um, even sending a sea monster named Cetus to torment them. Torment the Trojans. But he was also so petty because he had built the walls that, like, he also didn't want the Greeks to be able to fucking penetrate the walls or anything yeah. like that. So he kind of, like, hindered their efforts for that, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, he's like, I built those fucking walls. Those are good walls, goddammit. You will not break my toys. Um, and then last but not least, there's the decade-long feud with Odysseus. That kept him from returning to his family. Uh, ten years. Ten is seems to be a... Uh, a long year. No, ten seems to be a common theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Odysseus ended up 
on ten years of that, ten years of the giant yeah. ten years of just Odysseus like mm. floating without a compass. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And so Odysseus ended up uh, on Cyclop- uh, the Cyclops Polyphemus' island, and him and his crew essentially were under the threat of being eaten by the Cyclops. And in their escape, Odysseus blinded Polyphemus, and Polyphemus prayed to Polyphemus. Polyphemus prayed to Poseidon to curse Odysseus and his voyage, which Poseidon did happily. And stopped him essentially, and kept whaling him off course. So it took more than ten, like more like ten years before he even made it back. But wait, wait, wait! To his did, family, did he end up getting his immortality? Poseidon got his immortality back. Yeah. You know, that's why I think that after they returned to power, everyone returned back to the family. They actually had a real talk in certain in this one story, and then like Zeus is like, "All right, everyone, return back to the post." I think Annabeth actually talks about that. Also, at one point in the book, yeah, she, in the she earlier ta- chapters, yeah, yeah. She, she's ta- they talk about um, tying him up. Actually, this story in particular, and him agreeing to be a better, a better father and a better ruler. But ever since that day, like it kind of plays a part of their relationship between Zeus and Poseidon because he doesn't trust. And that Poseidon he's was assert. always that one guy that was always waiting for Zeus to fuck up. Oh yeah, and it plays a part too in the Netflix show where. Because of Seuss's bullshit, the giant Tamaki rose, and then literally the entire time you see Seuss eyeing fucking um, Poseidon, and Poseidon looking at him like in disapproval, like, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, you're just, you're literally asking for me to take the throne. But yeah, I digress. Yeah. Back to the chapter. So after saying, after literally Poseidon telling Seuss, brother, peace, you know, peace, bro. And like, once he said that, like, all these memories of his dad finally flourished back into, like, Percy's mind. Like, him as an infant remembering, like, per- like Poseidon touching his fucking um, forehead and all this stuff. But I digress. Aww. So, he basically tells Zeus, this is Poseidon now. He basically tells Zeus, like, the boy differs to his father. This is only right. You know? Yeah. And then, that's when, like, Zeus is literally looking at him as, like... Oh, so you're claiming this child? The same child that you're claiming after the fucking oath that you, I, and fucking Hades made? The same child. So, you know, (laughs) Poseidon's like, I am admitting to my wrongdoings. But, yeah. Yeah, I am. So, at this very moment, like, a lump. Because he tells, like, Poseidon, like, he tells... Poseidon tells Zeus, it's like, yeah, I am admitting my wrongdoings, but I'm, I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. And at that very moment, a lump formed in freaking Percy's neck, like... Throat. Throat. Same area. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then he really thought, like, wow, was that was that all I was? Like, a fucking... A, a, a burden? A mistake? You know? Made yeah. by the gods? And, you know, and that's when Zeus basically interjected. It was like, uh, I already lived... I already spared this life once. Too many times, you know, and then you literally like, and on top of me sparing your life, you so also you're you're you testing my wrath by fucking taking a flight on my domain. Whoopsie. So like, I should have literally like blasted his ass off the freaking off the plane. So then you know, Poseidon like protests like, yeah, but. You're risking the bolt. Yeah. And that's what you're missing. And think about this, too. He would have downed an entire plane full of people to get Percy. 
Oh, that has, has not been the first time. Yeah. Nico. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. So he basically, like, telling him, like, in a calm voice, like, and I quote, let us hear him out, brother. He said calmly. Yeah. And then as soon as... Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> oh, of course he's lying. <laughs> okay, no, okay. So basically, like, Seuss basically, Seuss basically tells the whole gang, I guess, like the audience, because I lost my train of thought. Sorry. And he basically says, like, okay, fine, well, I'm going to listen to what I have to say, and then I'll decide whether or not he's worthy of living. If I don't have to cast him out of freaking, like, pluck him out and just chuck him. Off of the... On Mount Olympus. <laughs> Jesus. So then, like, Poseidon literally calls his son by his real name. It's like, Perseus, look at me. And... Percy did, and he wasn't sure what he saw in his dad's face, but he definitely saw there was no sign of love or approval, nothing that encouraged Percy, like, it was just, it was just nothing that, it was just stuff that looked like the ocean some days, basically describing the ocean, like, some days, you know, you could tell the ocean's mood, some days you couldn't, whatever, (laughs) very mysterious, but I got the feeling, like, you got the feeling? I personally got the feeling that um, Poseidon didn't really know what to think of him. And he also... He also didn't... was having a tough time figuring out whether Poseidon was happy to have Percy as his son. But at the same time, Percy was actually glad that Poseidon is that distant, you know, as a dad. Because if it was different circumstances, like, he was looking for... A, dead, a deadbeat dad that never wanted him and here the deadbeat dad comes out of nowhere and was like oh I love you I miss you it's like it would have sound fake yeah so he was like oh, it's, it felt this better that way because he uh, to be honest like Percy didn't know how he felt about him either yeah that's fair so he's like look we're playing we're playing fair game here yeah so at that moment um, Poseidon basically tells Percy like yo address the Lord Seuss boy address him tell him your story so Percy Basically, Percy tells Seuss literally everything that happened. And he takes out the, the metal cylinder, He begins, which began to spark at the god's presence, at mm-hmm. the, you know, Seuss's presence. And Percy lays it out on his feet. There's a little silence, and, you know, Seuss opens his fucking hand. That fucking thing just jumped from where it was at to Seuss's hand and transformed into this, like, long metal, like, metallic point yeah a metallic point and I quote from the book a metallic point that flared electricity like a thunderbolt it looked like a 20 foot javelin hissing energy that made Percy's hair rise up from the back of his neck so basically like like Seuss basically tells him like okay so I feel like you're telling the truth but I just don't get why Ares would do something like this you know what I'm saying and that's when like Percy like Interjects after like Poseidon tells him, you know, because he's like always angry and proud and impulsive. Like, what you thought? This is your goddamn fucking son that runs in the family. Yeah, and that's when like Percy interjects, like, Lord, um, I don't think he was working alone. I think he was. I think he's being tricked. He personally lays out that like 
he describes his dream. He describes that he didn't come up like I know for a fact that Ares didn't come up with this by himself. He's being tricked. Like, yeah. He's not the one orchestrating this shit because he explains his dream. He he explains the voice that told Percy to bring the bolt to the underworld. He the way Ares hinted at it, that he was having dreams as well, and that he was he, like Percy also thinks that he's being used. And to start a freaking war. So, automatically, jumping the gun, Susan's like, hey, so you're what? You're, like, accusing Ares? Um, um, Hades now? He's like, no, no, no. Not a- um, here, um, Hades. There's Jesus a lot of eases. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And then he basically tells Susan's like, I have this... F- it's like the feeling from the beach is very different. The feeling I got from Hades and the feeling on the beach is completely different. Like... He basically describes to Zeus, like, the same feeling that I've been getting from my dream is the same one from the pit. Something very evil is coming from that place. It's controlling a lot of things, and it's stirring a lot of fucking shit down there. Like, and, and the way the person described it to Zeus is, like, it sounds very ancient, old as hell, even older than the gods. At that very moment, instantaneously... Both Poseidon and Zeus looked at each other and broke into Greek and started speaking in Greek for a little bit. And he's like, but Percy only got one word from that. was father. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, later on at, in the discussion, the way Percy's describing it, like, Poseidon makes, like, some kind of suggestion in Greek. And, then like, Zeus is like, no, bitch. <laughs> Cuts him off. And then, like, they, you know, they try to argue about it. But he just, like, we'll talk about the shit later. All right? So he basically, like, fucking... Seuss gets up. He's like, I am not going to talk about this shit no more. I got to go clean out my bolt from these human-tainted remains. That's literally... You can literally smell it. Yeah. So I'm going to go bathe this shit and purify it in the waters of Lemos. Lemnos. Lemnos, sorry. And he basically tells... He basically tells Percy... Mind you, his expression softened a little bit. He basically tells Percy, like, hey... um. You did me a good service, kid. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And then I said, basically, thank you. But, you know, I had help. I had, like, my friend Grover, Underwood, and, you know, Annabeth Chase to help me. You know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. And he basically tells him in a funny way, like, to show you my gratitude, I spared your life. So you you get to live. You get to live. You know. And, but he also tells him, like, I don't trust you, Percy Jackson. I don't trust you one fucking bit. I do not. I do not like the fact that your arrival to Olympus and to this Earth could mean different things in the future. So, for the, but for the sake of peace for my family, I'm gonna let you live. Have a nice fucking day. <laughs> and that's all person could say. Like, um, um, thank you. Thanks. He said, "Oh, um, and one more thing. Do not pursue flying again." And when I return, I don't want to see your face. Have a nice day. And he leaves. And that's the <clears> end of my fucking chapter. That was fun. That was very Lori. Very Lori. But it needed to be said. I don't even know Lori. Sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Lori is the main character. Lori, we love you. We get very Lori. Lori is all over this this book and all over this this these chapters that we do. Yeah. 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 She's everywhere. Very. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for your contributions to this podcast. Yeah. So, I pick up the part of the chapter where Zeus bolts out of the palace. 
Yeah. In bolts. Do you, do you get it? Oh. <laughs> he God. he bolts I out. I thought it was like a transition. Like, no. Never mind. Go he, ahead. Because it's lightning bolt. And he, yeah, he bolts I got it. away. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and Poseidon's kind of left there to comment on how Zeus was always a, like a touch dramatic, commenting that he probably could have done well as the god of theater, but they already have one of those that's apparently Dionysus. Um, but after he was gone, there was like the space that Zeus left was just a space of awkward. Like the tension between Percy and Poseidon is just like a space of awkwardness. So. It's like one of those moments like, so how does this work? You talk first, I talk first, you talk first, I talk yeah. first. How are we doing this? Yeah. Um, so Percy is like, okay, I'll say something. And he takes the moment to kind of confirm who he thought could have been in that pit in the underworld. Yeah. And Poseidon essentially is like, you probably already know. And he's like, it was Kronos. And Poseidon's like, yeah, it was my, it was my father was in that pit. And he explains to Percy what essentially ended the, like, we already know what ended the, what was at the end of the Titanomachy was Zeus cutting Kronos up with his own scythe into thousands of pieces, um, just like Kronos had done to his father, mm-hmm. and, you know, throwing Kronos into Tartarus. So he tells them that even though there's some semblance of consciousness that is retained by Kronos, since he's immortal, he can't truly die. He's just he just can't there. return. Yeah. And that's what Poseidon says. He can't return. And Percy's like, listen, I, I know what you think, but, like, He's healing right now. Like, he's getting better, and he intends to come back to the land of the living. Like, he's coming back. And Poseidon is like, even if that were true, Zeus has closed all talk on the topic. Like, that's it. He shut down discussion. There's no more talking about it. So Percy has to drop it, even though he's not happy about it. He's like, yes, sir. No problem. And he, like, does it through gritted teeth. And at this point, Poseidon kind of, like, looks at him like, you've got a problem with authority, huh? He's like, yeah, that's it's probably my fault. It's probably that one's probably on me. You probably got that from me because I don't really we don't like to be restrained. Um, but listen, guess what? Your mother's back. Oh. Quick, quick, si- quick sidetrack. I know we're taking a left turn, but your mom is back. Oh Hades, my god! Hades kept his word and returned her to your apartment. So Hello. When you, so when you go back there, she'll be there. And Percy's like so excited, and he's like. Oh my god, do you do you want to... Could you come? He wants to invite Poseidon with him back to the apartment to see his mom. But... Kinda... He knew... Like, he stopped himself because he knew, like... If Poseidon could have or would want to visit, he would have done so already. But he's an ancient father! Yeah. And Poseidon tells him that... Um, he's like, yeah, I can't really do that. But when you get home to your mother, you have a very important decision to make. Like, you have a very important choice. There's a choice, and there's going to be a package. And Percy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, just, you'll see. Um, And I'm going to read from page 346. All right. Your mother is a queen among women, Poseidon said wistfully. I had not met such a mortal woman in a thousand years. Oh, so he's British? Yeah. Still, I am sorry you were born, child. I have brought you a hero's fate, and a hero's fate is never happy. It is never anything but tragic. I try not to feel hurt. Here's my own dad telling me he was sorry I'd been born. I don't mind, father. Not yet, perhaps, he said. Not yet. But it was an unforgivable mistake on my part. I'll leave you then. I bowed awkwardly. I I won't bother you again. I was five steps away when he called Perseus. I turned. 
There was a different light in his eye, a fiery kind of pride. You did well, Perseus. Do not mis misunderstand me. Whatever else you do, know that you are mine. You are a true son of the sea god. Mm. Alrighty then. And Percy turns from this, like, at this point, and he's like, okay, alright, alright. And he, he leaves the palace. Yeah. And as he's leaving, he's going down the same way he came up, so he's passing all those people that you mentioned earlier, and you got the muses, you have the, the giggling nymphs and stuff like that, you have the minor deities, and they're all stopping what they're doing and taking a knee and kneeling to him and showing respect for what he did. And it, in a way... Because we've mentioned before that Percy does a lot of things that a lot of other heroes have done. He has a lot of similar experiences of Odysseus, Hercules, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those adventures. But this is one thing that's never been, it's never happened before. Be accused to it's, steal a boat. It's a quest that nobody else has undertaken. Like he's, he does things that others have done, but under, in a different light. This is a new quest. This is a new thing that nobody's happened to retrieve a lightning bolt that has never been stolen. And a helm. In one go. And also being accused. And also walking up to the gods that is accusing you of stealing this shit in the first place. With the thing you were accused of stealing. And the fact that you came out unscathed or zapped out of fucking Olympus. Like, oh. Also, Glenda, Glenda, it went good. It went good with Zeus. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so, Percy keeps going. He makes him his way out of the elevator. He And he finds himself a taxi and makes his way back to his apartment. And he, like, stands there and he's like, yo. And he rings the doorbell. And his mother answers the door. And it's just absolutely, it's like one of those reunion moments in movies. And they're just absolutely overjoyed to see, like, each other. And they're hugging and crying. And she's like, I got a little misty-eyed. I'm not going to lie and stuff like that. She's, like, running her hands through his hair and everything. And, like, wow. she tells him that she just appeared in the apartment. Scaring Gabe out of his mind. Not remembering anything since the Minotaur. So, like, her memory stops when she was grabbed by the Minotaur. Like, that's it. She got filled in on Gabe's version of everything that's happened. Of the story of Percy being a wanted criminal. And he also forced her to start going back to work. Saying, she, quote, she had a month's salary to make up and she'd better get started. Now, I'm going to take a second real quick right now. I totally forgot about Gabe. I'm like, oh, you're still existing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to get serious real quick because I'm about to get really pissed. Um, we have a trigger warning at the beginning of the episodes, but right now I'm going to throw out another trigger warning uh, specifically for domestic violence. If you or somebody that you know has been a victim of domestic violence and you are triggered by this, just it's it's coming and I'm going to get really pissed and it might trigger you. Just no. And just to clarify, domestic violence doesn't have to be physical. It could no. be spiritual, mental. It could be emotional. Yes. It's different forms of, the, of of domestic violence. Yeah. So just, we're working our way there, but just heads up. So after, after she says that, Percy starts telling uh, his mother what actually happened. Like, because she obviously knew that that's not, like, She's the, the real only, story. She's the only, like, human that's, like, not affected by the mist. Yeah, and... Just as he was about to tell her about his fight with Ares, like he had made it through the whole story, like just standing there in the entr entryway, telling, and he was like about to say, talk about his fight with a fucking god. Uh, they get interrupted by Gabe yelling, uh, asking about meatloaf, whether or not the meatloaf's done. So Sally leads Percy into the house, you know, it's like, okay, come on in. Like, Gabe's not going to be happy to see you. He got a lot of calls from LA this morning about 
major appliances. Is that what you fucking deserve? And it's like, I'm like, she says he's not going to be happy. Was he ever happy? No. See- no. He's a fucking low life. And this man is is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely terrible. Percy says there's an ankle deep garbage all over the all over the house with beer cans everywhere and disgusting dirty clothes hanging off of furniture. Ew. It's been a month. He didn't even ankle clean. deep done nothing but just sit there and just eat. Yeah. And just throw it on the ground. I can't believe. So when he sees Percy, he immediately threatens to call the police on him. Like, immediately, like, what the hell is he doing here? Uh, say, I'm calling the cops. Even and Sally- the police literally was like, oh, we clear this kid of all charges. He's mm-hmm. actually been a victim. So Sally's like, oh, he wasn't a fugitive after all. Isn't that wonderful? Like, trying to smooth things over and be like, oh, no, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. Gabe's just not having it. Yeah. He's like, fuck this. He ain't living here again. And he tells her to give him the phone. And I'm going to read from page 348. He asks her to give him the phone. And she says, Gabe, no. He raises his eyebrows. Did you just say no? You think I'm going to put up with this punk again? I can still press charges against him for ruining my Camaro. But he raised his hand, and my mother flinched. For the first time, I realized something. Gabe had hit my mother. I didn't know when or how much, but I was sure he'd done it. Oh, I am so sorry. He put his hands on her. Maybe it had been going on for years when I wasn't around. So he has been hitting her. Yeah. I was always wonder why Sally Jackson was always acting that way. Yeah. Like, so like, oh, it's okay, babe. It's, it's, don't like trying to placate. The, and it's quite possible. I mean, I'm sure that there's theories also that he's hit Percy or whatever. And Percy just didn't know that it was happening to his mom. He, he just, thought that he was just... Because at the beginning of the book, doesn't he punch Percy in the gut? Yeah, he kind of slaps him around a little bit. Yeah. And like, Try to like because he got smart with him in front of his friends. Yeah, and he hits him in the gut or whatever with with the. Uh, no, no, he he said, or oh, you want to get hit again in the that, gut. That's what it like, is. Basically, yeah. threatens him. It's yeah. Like, oh damn. Yeah. So, this man is abusive. This How man did I miss is. This? Now, at this moment, I'm I'm fucking pissed because Bitch, I'm fucking fuming. This disgusting piece of waterlogged sewage drained shit infused clump of hair has been physically abusing Sally. <laughs> It's and not in the book. Percy. No, that's me. <laughs> Damn. That's me. No, it's... Go ahead. And if we're this mad, if you and I are this fucking fuming about this disgusting garbage fire of a human, imagine how pissed Percy is. Um, yeah. Anybody's son will be pissed if somebody's... If their fucking... If their mom's lover is out here putting their hands on him. And he's so pissed her. that he takes out Anna Kluna anaclusmos in his pen form he he wants to impale gabe with it he wants to stab gabe like that's how mad he is but it looks like a pen so gabe is like oh what are you gonna do right on me and he makes fun of him and tell me this isn't one of the most garbage person things that that people do because it happens in real life like fucking karens do it and shit like that he tells Percy that if he touches him he's going to jail forever so you are the aggressor and you have literally sent that you, event- you had years. You have years. You've gaslighted somebody into a confrontation with you constantly, consistently. And, and, and then as soon as somebody actually steps up, oh, you touch me, you're going to jail forever. Bitch, what have you been fucking doing this entire time? And my thing is this, my thing is this and that's, that includes for the Karens out there. Um, don't be victimizing yourself. Don't act like a victim when if you're you the one. literally go out looking for a fucking problem. So, don't get mad when you actually find one. Oh, oh. So he tells him he'll be nice. 
and he'll give Percy five minutes to pack his shit and get out before he calls the police. And Percy is literally into his phone uncapping his pen, but he knows that even if he did, this disgrace of a meat sack would still be considered considered mortal, and his sword wouldn't do anything to him. It doesn't matter to him. He still wants to. Yeah. So Sally leads Percy away, still trying to, like, calm things down, away to his room, which was just as trash, by the way. Percy's room is just as trash from Gabe's. Got all of his fucking garbage shit. And she tries to assure Percy that everything will work out. She's like, I'll take care of it. Everything's going to be okay. Fuck Everything's going to work that. out. I will throw hands with that motherfucker. And she tries, yeah, she tries to reason with Percy that she can make it work. But out of the corner of his eye, at that moment, Percy notices a package that may have been there or may not have. He, he, he's like, maybe I didn't notice it when I walked in, but I thought it, I didn't see it there a second before. It must be magic. And on it, he looks and he recognizes his own handwriting. And the handwriting says, the gods, Mount Olympus, 600th floor, Empire State Building, New York, New York, with best wishes, Percy Jackson. But the package now has a stamp on it that says, return to sender. And if you remember what this is. <gasps> oh, it took me a hot minute. Yeah. I, damn. All the way back from Antium's Garden Gnome Emporium. It's fucking Medusa's head. It's Medusa's head in that box. I totally forgot that he did that shit. He did that shit to, like, piss off the gods in the earlier chapters. He's like, I oh, am you start some shit? Yeah. So, Percy realizes that this is what Poseidon was talking about when he said Percy had a decision to make. He had a decision to totally make at this point. And Percy's like, listen to his mom. Do you want Gabe gone? And Sally, like gives like an imperceptible nod and she's spe- essentially responds like yeah like i'm just i'm working up the courage to tell him like i know but you can't solve my problems percy's like um yeah i can totally solve this problem like i have the head this piece of shit deserves it it's what the heroes of mythology would have done and honestly i don't think he's wrong 100 percent for sure perseus would have used medusa's head hercules definitely would have used medusa's hercules head even fucking these Her- yeah Hercules would have just grabbed him by the throat and just fucked. He would have grabbed a tree and shoved it down Gabe's throat. Like, oh my god, Godzilla versus King Kong yeah. style? Jesus. Um, <laughs> so then I'm going to read uh, again from page 351. But a hero's story always ended in tragedy. Poseidon had told me that. I remembered the underworld. I thought about Gabe's spirit drifting forever in the fields of Asphodel or condemned to some hideous torture behind the barbed wire of the fields of punishment. An eternal poker game, sitting up to his waist in boiling oil, listening to opera music. Did I have the right to send someone there? Even Gabe? A month ago, I wouldn't have hesitated. Now? And, I mean, this kid has been through so much, and now he has to, like, literally weigh the the moral philosophy of whether or not someone deserves to live or die at this moment. Like, he, that's literally on his plate when it comes to Gabe. And Percy, who had already kind of told his mom about Medusa, tells her, like, one look into this box and all her problems could disappear. Like, he's like, all I got to do is set it down and open the box. Good. We're good. And his mom, like, realizes what's in the box. Like, he doesn't say anything about Medusa. He's like, I can set this box down and they'll be gone. And his mom's like, no, nope, uh uh-uh. I'm not going to let you become a murderer. You're not doing this. And Percy, right here, he, she even, he even tries to convince her. He tries to convince her to let him do it, telling her she deserves better. 
telling her she deserves to do all the things she wants to do in her life, like going back to college and writing her book and meeting a nice guy and getting a house and stuff like that. Like, she deserves all these things. All she has to do is let Percy get rid of Gabe. But mm-hmm. Sally finally decides. She's like, if life is going to mean anything, she has to live it for herself. If, she's, if her life is going to mean anything, she has to make her own decisions. And she can't let a god or her son do the hard stuff for her. She has to stand up and take the control for herself. Exactly. She has to take her fate in her own hands. Which is a lot of what ends up happening with domestic abuse. Like, they take the control away from you. And you feel like you have nothing. And she has to wrest this control of her own life back. So Percy tells her. He's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to leave the box. Mm. For when he threatens you again. And it's not an if. It's a when. When he threatens you again. Cause it's, and he's going to go back to Camp Half-Blood. Uh, to Half-Blood Hill for now. Um... And whether that ends up being forever or just for the summer depends entirely on Sally. And Percy then goes to leave the apartment with one last jeer from Gabe. And Percy has a moment of doubt as to whether or not letting his mom make the choice was right. He's like second guessing himself. He's like, shit, did I I just make the right choice? But when Gabe starts pestering Sally about food again and Percy like turns around and sees the look she gives him, he feels a lot better because she's... She's looking at him, wondering just how heavy a Gabe-sized hunk of rock would be. Mm. And Percy turns around and heads out of the apartment towards Half-Blood Hill. And that's where my chapter ends. I would have turned at him and... Here's the series of events. If I was Percy's mom, I would have turned him. I'll do it. I'll make a decision. And he's like, where's my meatloaf? I'm like... Chuck him out of the fucking window. Make sure that if for somehow Medusa's curse ends up being lifted, the remains of his fucking organs and his bodies will still be unread because he's a shattered fucking statue. And that ends this week's episode. Oh, wow. This chapter of Percy Jackson. Chapter 21. I settle my tab. Entirely. Yeah. Damn. Yo. This... Every time I get to this chapter, every time I, I totally get forgot it, about that. Yeah, I I can't forget about that. Like literally, a lot of this. That, that's how much of a disgusting person Gabe is. Like Gabe is the umbrage of Percy Jackson, essentially. Like he's only there a little bit, but he's such a disgusting person. It made such an impact on Percy and like just the implications because it is a kids' book, so you can't go too deep into it. But mm-hmm. like the implications just in his little amount of time that you see him is it's it's deplorable if let me i'm gonna say this right now and i don't we don't have a lot of listeners anyway but for the ones that that are listening if you've ever put your hand on your partner fuck you and if that makes you not want to listen to this podcast i don't want you listening to it get the fuck out of here okay i mean I, I, I just have to, I, ha- I had to say it. I can't. Well. <laughs> this is, this is a fun podcast. Um, let's, this... let's move right on. Um. But getting to that chapter always, always yeah, no, brings it's things. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy thing. Yeah. Um, it plays a lot into, like, a lot of issues that he goes through. Yeah. A lot of common issues that people go through. That's why this is such a good book for a lot of people. Yeah. It's in many ways, depending on which book you're reading of the series, mm. it hits people hard in different ways. And we have one chapter left. Yeah. Alrighty then. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the next section. Do you have a question today? Do I have a question today? Um, 
I actually don't think that I do because like every time I read this chapter, um, it's all in there. It's all just like so, like Lori. Yeah, it's all Lori. Yeah, I have a question for Lori. No, um, <laughs> no, it's every time I get to this part of the the chapter, everything else goes out of my mind because it's like just focusing on the chapter. This fucking no, disgusting fine. person abused. Yeah, Sally. Yeah. So we're gonna just jump straight to the end. And just to clarify some things. One thing real quick, though. What's up? Because I was thinking about this last night, or maybe this morning. I can't remember. Time's weird. Um, In the Percy Jackson show that they're going to do, I have to look up how... I think Sally's a young mom. Yeah. Like, she's a younger woman. I want them to make sure, like... It was one of the reasons why she... They got an Aunt May. They got an Aunt May Sally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in Far From Home and stuff like that. Yeah. They gotta do that. Yeah. But, like, even younger. You know. Because I don't think she's... She's not over 30. No. No she's way. She's, like, in her late 20s, probably. Mid to late 20s, I would yeah, say. Yeah, because Percy's, like, what? Because she didn't get a, She didn't get a chance to go to college. Mm-mm. So, she probably would have had, like... A degree by now. Yeah. Yo. Well, yes. This ends this week's episode of Olympus Radio. And just to clarify, domestic violence... Against women or men of any form, it and, is a no-no. And anywhere in between. And once again, to clarify, domestic violence is not just physical. It's also mental, spiritual, and emotional. Mm-hmm. So, just to let you know on that. Yeah. All right. I am Lucas, son of Hermes. And I am Haley, still. Daughter of Aphrodite. Thank you. If I have to be. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. If you like what you heard and want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Olympus Radio Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Olympus underscore radio. And any fan stories or emails that you want to send us, you can send to Olympus Radio Podcast at gmail.com. We're also hosted on Anchor at anchor.fm slash Olympus radio. You can also find us on Spotify or any podcast platform by searching Olympus Radio in the search bar. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the podcast because it helps people find us and gets us to the top of the charts. I'm Lucas. And I'm Haley. And this is Olympus Radio. May, May the, the gods, gods be with you. you.